This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 70 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we are going to take a closer look at Instagram and their hashtags. And I am so excited to welcome a good friend of mine and a special guest, Carla Bisinger, onto the podcast. She is going to share a wealth of information. You are going to hear during the live feed that she does have a course. I have personally taken it and absolutely adore it. And at the end of the broadcast, you can pop over to the podcast show notes. And there is a link there actually for her class. And I am offering an extra $100 off either Pitch Perfect Pro or my Launch Pro course. So make sure that you take advantage of that. You are going to hear exactly the mindset shift that you need to have in order to be getting the engagement that you are looking for, as well as brands are looking for. So let's dive in. I am so excited to be here. It is 11 o'clock on Tuesday. I am here with Carla Bisinger. How are you, Carla? I am great. How are you? Thanks for having me back. <laughs> of course. I am so excited. I, um, For those that are listening to, that are here live with us, just give me a hike and make a good morning in the comments so I know who is here with us. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast, this is Carla's first time on the podcast, and we are so excited to have her. She has done a bunch of different trainings inside my membership site in the past. So if you are a membership site user, you'll probably recognize Carla. Um, so Carla, kind of give us... Um, your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those are, that are not familiar with you. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. First of all, thanks for tuning in. So my name is Carla. I'm a online marketing and Instagram coach. I work with women in food, health and fitness specifically who are starting an online business and who are looking at growing their audience and just breaching potential clients. I actually used to have a restaurant in my kind of previous life in Argentina. And I started an online business because I was so sick of being stuck in one place and not being able to travel. And yeah, I, when I started my business, I really started it with the intention of being able to live this perfect laptop lifestyle and being able to travel. And that's what I do now. <laughs> it is. So right now here in New York, yeah. where is your like permanent address? So I actually haven't had a permanent address in about three and a half years. Oh, <laughs> so it's probably my mom's address. <laughs> so where are you originally from, I guess, would be the right question. I'm from Germany originally, but okay. I left 12 years ago. So I'm a, I'm a bad German. <laughs> <laughs> and you are traveling constantly. Um, I'm always seeing your great, tell your Instagram account it is on, where can they find you on Instagram so that they can make sure they can kind of get a feel for you yeah. too? So my Instagram account is stomach half empty and well, it's very much food related. And I share a little bit about myself and a little bit of my travels. Yes. And your Insta stories. I always, um, where was it? You were, where were you for new year's China? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. That's right. Okay. Yes. And I remember watching and being like, Oh my goodness. This is so exciting. I feel like half the time I talk to you, you're in Australia. We're in New York. We're in California. It's amazing. And we, I'm going to actually let them in. Are you okay with me telling them? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, 
She will actually, I'm so excited. She will be in Charlotte next April for my live event. So she will be there for Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy. I am so excited to have Carla there. It is going to be amazing. Um, But we right now are going to dive a little bit more into Instagram. Any questions that you guys have, please put them into the comments so they can make sure to ask Carla exactly what is working, what's not. So my first question is I struggle with hashtags. I have such a hard time figuring out what hashtag is an appropriate hashtag that my audience is going to be looking for. And I don't always want to be using the same ones that have 2 million, you know, hashtags that are being used. So tell me, Give me in some direction, Carla. Okay. Help me. <laughs> See Megan tuning in. Hi, Megan. <laughs> um, yes, hashtags are a huge topic, and they hashtags are basically the way of attracting your ideal followers on autopilot. So every single time you post, every single time you use hashtags, you are basically getting exposed to your potential new followers. So. Uh, you can use up to 30 hashtags per post. Um, I have done a lot of testing with hashtags actually over the last couple of months because some people were saying you should only use five to 10 and you shouldn't post them in the comments. So I tried for about a month only using five to 10 hashtags and I definitely saw a huge decrease in engagement. So I've gone back to using all 30 and Pretty much instantly, it's gone back up to, you know, I get around a thousand likes per post. So when I was only using five to 10, it was like by, down to 700. So it's a big decrease. Okay. Um, I also looked into whether you should, and I, I'll get back to your question in a second, but I think this is okay. really important. The, um, should you be posting your hashtags in the caption or in the comment? And I actually found an article by Instagram on their website saying that you can post your hashtags either in the caption or in the comment. So for me, just for aesthetic reasons, I'm posting them in the caption. No, sorry, in the comments right after I post. Okay. So the way hashtags work is they are time sensitive. So that means when you upload a post and you use, for example, the hashtag food porn, your post will appear at the top of the list of the food porn hashtag posts. So, and then every time, sorry, I get like so <laughs> wrapped up in saying hashtags and posts, but I hope everyone's staying with me. You're totally fine. <laughs> As other people are use, using the hashtag food porn and are uploading their posts, your post will kind of move down a feed until it gets lost in a sea of other posts. So having said that, if you're using hashtags that are really big, so that have really a lot large number of posts associated to them, like food porn probably has millions of posts associated to it. By the time you post and you refresh, your your post will have already disappeared. Okay. So knowing that, I generally recommend my students to stick to hashtags that have anywhere between 6,000 to 600,000 posts attached to them. Okay. So don't like you can use, you know, one or the other big hashtag, but generally I personally stick to those kind of um, limits. Now, I don't know if you want me to go further or if there's other questions coming in. Um, 
One of the questions that popped in, Ange actually asked, can you do both? In other words, can you, I'm guessing she means, can you put it in the comments as well as put it as part of your post? Is right. that necessary or? Um, so in total, you can include up to 30 hashtags per post. So you can maybe put 10 in your caption and then 20 in a comment if you wanted to. The way I kind of use my hashtags is I create hashtag sets of about 27 hashtags. So I have probably four or five different sets that I'm constantly rotating. And then that leaves me with three hashtags I can use in my caption to kind of um, customize to the post. So if I'm talking about, you know, a rhubarb cake, then I might have my sweets hashtag set, but then I might use hashtag rhubarb cake in my caption. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. So you have sets made for like sweets or like a healthy recipe or something like that. Okay. That totally makes sense. No, I totally get it. One of the questions that is coming up here is so Oh, Rosalind is asking, so 6,000 or less? Um, 6,000 to 600,000. So basically the, the end goal with your hashtags is to make it into the top posts, right? So if you're using smaller hashtags, there's less competition. So it's easier for you to make it into the top posts. Obviously, not as many people are looking at these smaller hashtags. So generally, I would say if you're creating sets of 27, go for nine hashtags that are, or, yeah, nine hashtags that are maybe between 6,000 and 60,000, and then nine that are between 60,000 and 300,000, and then nine that are between 300 and 600,000. So you're kind of playing on all levels. Um, that's how I do it. Okay. That makes sense. Now, all right. So let me actually ask Rita's question. Um, so Rita says, how can you tell when a good time to post a hashtag is? So at the top of the list at the right time. Oh, okay. So it actually, whenever you post, you want to post your hashtags like if you're posting them in a comment, you want to post it immediately with the with the post because they're basically bound to the post. So every single time you post and you share a hashtag, that post will appear on top of that hashtag's feed. So there is no like better or worse time. It's just kind of that's how it works automatically. So if you're using a smaller hashtag and less people are posting with that hashtag, your post will stay on top for a longer period of time than with a larger hashtag. Perfect. Do you use anything to do hashtag research? I know I'm stuck on this hashtag thing. It is so <laughs> hard for me. I feel like I've always used the same ones. And I love the way that you said that you have a set for sweets and you have a set for like healthy. Um, I just, I'm a struggle with it. And I never put in 30. I think if I can pull out 15, I'm like, woohoo. Yeah, that's okay. So I definitely recommend putting in this groundwork and it's not fun creating these hashtag sets, like, but you do the work and then you can use them over and over again. So I would start by thinking about how can you categorize your different posts? So uh, can you have like one category that's vegan, one that's breakfast related, one that's healthy food related. And then you're creating these sets. So the way I start, and this is definitely a big topic um, and quite technical. So I'll try and explain my best without <laughs> having to use the phone. Um, first of all, you can start by looking at what your competitors are using. 
So that's a great way of just kind of getting some ideas, checking out what hashtags they're using, going into those hashtags and then figuring out, okay, are they the right size? Are they actually relevant? Is there, are they not like spam or have any random porn, um, which you would definitely want to avoid. Um, so that would be the first step. Apart from that, I generally just go to the explore page um, and type in, for example, say we're starting with, with breakfast. I'm just going to do it as I'll walk you through. So I would go to the search bar, set it to tags, and then start by typing in breakfast. And then Instagram will basically display a list of hashtags that contain the word breakfast. So beneath the hashtag's name, you can actually see that number, which is the number of how many posts are associated with that hashtag. So for example, let's take breakfast at Tiffany's has 440,000 posts. So I would click through to that. And then I would see, okay, is this actually re related to breakfasts? Probably not as much. So I probably wouldn't even use this one. So I would go back and try a different type, different one. So maybe breakfast sandwich. So again, I click over, I check the size. It's 102,000 posts. So the size works. Then I'm checking the posts that appear and they're definitely breakfast sandwich related. So that's another check. So I would add this one to my list. And then on top, you see the related hashtags. So that's again is a list Instagram displays of hashtags that are similar to the one you were searching for. So you can kind of go through, check out those. And then that's kind of how you go into this like black hole. <laughs> but that just made, like I'm telling you, that just made a huge difference to me. Seeing awesome. it and doing it with you. So if you are listening to the podcast and you're or you're watching the replay of this. Go back and do exactly what she just did because I did it with you and I can see exactly what you're talking about with the related hashtags there and I can see what you mean like a black hole. You could definitely, mm -hmm. but I'd also be able to definitely get my 27 hashtags I'm looking okay. for so that I can add in my extra three. And then with the sets, because I know that the talk is that never have the same hashtags every single time you post. Yeah. So that because you're doing this by sets, by the what your content you have, you can then use it. Oh my goodness, yeah. I love it. Mind-blowing, Rita said. See, <laughs> it's not just me. Oh my goodness, yes. I love that. So, so smart. One of the questions that popped up before we got, before you gave this tutorial kind of how to go through this was, um, Debbie asked, how do you make sure you aren't using a hashtag that has been shadow banned? Great question, Debbie. So if a hashtag is shadow banned, you actually know because if you go and find it on Instagram, it will say, and you're scrolling down, it will say something like, you know, there's no, no content. Um, like it's obvious that it's shadow banned. So you definitely want to check the hashtags you're using to make sure you're not using ones that are shadow banned. Like, I don't remember the list of hashtags. You can Google it and there's a list that of hashtags that have been shadow banned. There's been some really random wand runs. Um, so you definitely want to be checking the hashtags you're using. She is a pet blogger. Talks yeah. about dogs. And I remember there being something about some sort of hashtag with dogs. So I'm yeah. guessing that that's why she's asking that. Yeah. Um, which makes total sense. Such a good question, though. Um, and Ange is asked, just, oh, yep, we're going to get a couple questions. So what does shadow band mean? Good, good job, guys. <laughs> so this shadow band came 
this whole thing came out sometime last year and it basically means that you're using one of these hashtags that have been banned and just by using one of those hashtags means that all of the hashtags you're using in that posts are basically banned so being shadow banned means that your post even though you're using these hashtags is no longer appearing under the hashtag so the the posts is seen by your followers but you're basically not reaching any new potential followers i mean this was like you know anytime there's these like mystery things going on on instagram everyone kind of freaks out if you've been shadow banned you would definitely see a big decrease in your engagement so you know just if one post doesn't do so well doesn't necessarily automatically mean you've been shadow banned there's so many different things that influence if a post does well or not um so don't freak out if you have like a post that suddenly doesn't do so well it definitely doesn't mean that you're instantly shadow banned and Go i feel like hashtags and check I I feel like the hashtags that, that kind of um, could be seen as like an inappropriate way. Those were yeah. the ones that I feel like got marked and they were like seeing some, like you said, some porn, some inappropriate things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it was like that dog one, I think like they just kind of started using it totally inappropriately. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Lynn asked this is such a good question too. What about hashtags in our profile descriptions? Great question. I recently did a little live training on that. So if you have your own hashtag, then you would definitely want to use it in your, in your profile. So why should you have your own hashtag? Well, first of all, if you're a, an account that features other accounts like me, for example, I have my own hashtag called empty. And so basically when I'm looking for a content to feature i would start by going into my own hashtag and then feature some of the people that have used my hashtag so if you're using someone else's hashtag you're basically giving them permission to repost your content without having to ask you so if you're a feature account that's when you would want to have your own hashtag if you have a business so for example if you have a, a coffee shop you definitely want to have your own hashtag because you're getting your customers to use your hashtag to tag you to basically do free marketing for you. And then again, you can use that content and post it. And then third thing would be if, for example, you're a food blogger and you want other people to recreate your recipes, then by having your own hashtag, by them using that, you can, you know, they can give you a shout out and say, hashtag the Melrose family tried this recipe. It was amazing. So it's just a way of, again, building a community around your account. Yes. And getting your followers to engage with you. Yes. And I think it's that part of teaching your followers how to engage, how yeah. to like let you know that they are listening, that they are talking, that they are hearing what you're saying. Because I think that that's where we all seem to struggle right now is engagement. A lot of people are saying my engagement numbers are terrible. They're not where they used to be. Um, and I think if you start to teach your audience how to really use those hashtags so that they can, you can find it. It makes yeah. it much simpler. Um, so Lynn is asking, so I'm guessing that Lynn is saying in the profile, but she's asking, what about generic describers like Baker in the hashtag of your profile? Um, 
I probably, you could, but if it's not really your hashtag, I probably wouldn't really just use a random hashtag or promote someone else's hashtag. I would use, if you're a baker, I would use the word baker in your name. So you have your username, which is searchable. And then the name on Instagram is also searchable. So you could have your actual name and then slash Baker, for example. Okay. And I would say Mickey is asking the question, do we put our hashtag in our profile? And I would, yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. if you want other people to use it, definitely. And also, you know, with my hashtag, I actually just checked it. I have over 16,000 posts associated. So over 16,000 times have people used my hashtag which is kind of crazy. Um, in the beginning, I definitely commented on other people's posts and said, you know, I would love for you to use my hashtag um, and get featured, things like that. So definitely promote the fact that you do have a hashtag. Yes, no, for sure. Um, we have been talking a lot about lead magnets inside my membership site. Um, and one of the things we've been talking about is having on your lead magnet, that last page should give them a call to action. And we've been talking about the fact of using Instagram or using Facebook as their call to action. So using that hashtag um, is a great idea. I have a tendency to tell them to tag me in Insta stories because I'm yeah. not good about hashtags. So yeah. I love the way that you're describing this. I'm going to have to make sure that I adjust that with some of this. So um, Christine Bell is asking, is it okay to repost anyone's content without their permission as long as there's credit back to them? What are your thoughts? So Christine, I feature a lot of other people's content and generally I always ask them first. I just think it's polite. Um, you definitely want to credit them by tagging them in your post and then by mentioning them in your caption. But usually what I do if I come across someone's account who I want to feature, I leave a comment on their latest post because that's the one they tend to check and just say, you know, I love your content. I would love to feature one of your posts. Obviously give you all the credits. Would you mind? And usually, you know, it's also a way of making a connection with that person. Um, and usually people say yes and are totally flattered. I think I've had one person say no in like two years. <laughs> and I think that's a great, kind of way to not only engage, but to also grow your own following because you're finding people whose content you love asking if you can feature. And then they're like, Oh, well, who yeah. is this? Let me go see. And they take a look to see your content and you have a new loyal follower from that. Totally. So that I love that. That's a great technique to, to use it as like engagement. And, and so I'm using this for two reasons. First of all, because I'm not a food photographer, even though I wish I was, I just don't have the time. So for me, it's basically allowing me to consistently put out beautiful posts without having to create this content. I'm growing my community. So I'm supporting these other people by featuring them. I'm introducing them to my followers. And then a lot of the time when I feature someone, they would give me a shout out in their st Instagram stories, or they would mention me in their next post and thank me. So again, that's kind of a love for love <laughs> kind of thing. And, and it's I love it. And it works in creating that community. 
So yeah. one of the things that I came to you about over, it was last summer, believe it or not, I feel like it was so long ago, um, was that I struggled with Instagram. It was not my favorite. I did not understand it. I felt that it didn't drive traffic. Why should I waste my time? And you can totally tell I'm a dinosaur in blogging because mm-hmm. I think that as a dinosaur, we all think that way because it was all about driving the page views. So what is the purpose of having Instagram if it's not driving page views? And I took your course and you walked me through this like, total reinvention of what Instagram was for me and understanding that it was creating that brand for myself and community. And I think that that's what so many of us are missing is that community aspect because we're so used to like, oh, here's my content, but Mm. we're not giving them a chance to interact and engage with us. Um, you did a training inside mastering your influence and I still to this day will use it. And it's amazing. It was, you kind of, one of the things I love that you do is you tell a story in your body of like the post, the description, you're always telling a story and you always ask a question at the end Mm -hmm. and you'll give them something simple. I think the example that you had given was like, post a, or show me a cherry. If this is something that you like something like that. Uh, where it was simple interaction and then they posted the cherry, but then you went and engaged with them and asked them more questions to dive deeper. And I love that. Are there other ways of like kind of thinking about Instagram as far as community? Because I know I have some bloggers that have been blogging for a while with me that have this same issue of not liking Mm -hmm. it. What would you tell them as far as their how to get their mindset so that they can really start to grow and engage with Instagram? Right. Well, this is a big question. I love it. Um, first of all, I wanted to mention, so if you're seeing, if you're having problems with your current engagement and if you've seen a decrease, one way of pretty much instantly doubling the number of comments on your posts is to try and really keep these conversations going in your comments. So if someone comments on your post, instead of just, you know, leaving an emoji or like saying things, go and ask them a question. And so you can get out of one comment, you can get maybe two or three replies and, and then it counts your replies as well. So instead of just one, you suddenly have five. So that's something I've been experimenting with recently and my comments have gone up to, you know, 150 per post. So that's one tip. The other thing, yeah, Instagram is all about building relationships. People go onto Instagram with the idea of connecting with new people. It's not like on Facebook where if you get a random friend request, you're like, oh, who's this weirdo? (laughs) It's totally normal (laughs) for someone to just follow you because they enjoy your content because they enjoy captions whatever it is so really go on there with the idea of being open to making new connections it's pretty much how I make friends these days it's kind of crazy but whenever I go into it or move to a different city I connect with other Instagrammers and we connect over our passion for food and that has led to friendships collaborations clients I have built my business on Instagram. So I know Instagram is not a big traffic driver, but it's huge for building relationships and for growing that know, like, and trust factor and using your Instagram stories to show, you know, those behind the scenes 
scenes um, of your daily life to really let your audience get to know you, to show your face, even though it's scary, <laughs> with using little Instagram story videos. All of these features are really incredible for building that community and for really building that know, like, and trust factor. Yes. Absolutely. And that's something that I have been talking a lot more about because a lot of I've been taught a lot of people have been asking me about building a product, building a service. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to have that like no one trust factor, like you just yeah. said. And one of the best ways to do it is to start live broadcasting. And if you don't want to do it on Facebook, start doing Insta stories. It yeah. is a great way to show who you really are instead of just all the beautiful that they see on your feed and think, oh, I could never. Totally. Um, Yes. So more, I'm glad that you brought up Insta stories because Morgan asked the question about, um, she'll actually share other people's Instagram accounts in her Insta story. She says, I take screenshots of her from my actual feed. And then I share tag the person as a Friday finds kind of thing. I wouldn't do this for my actual feel feed, but I feel like stories is more lax is that way off. So she's tagging them yep. when she shares it in Insta stories. Hi, Morgan. Um, by the way, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I. You know, a lot of people, especially if you're a food blogger, for example, you probably don't want to go featuring a lot of other people's content because you really want to showcase your own work. But then using Instagram stories to give people a shout out is definitely a great way of just giving some love. Also of starting a conversation. If you mention someone in your Instagram stories, Instagram will start a direct message between the two of you. So it says, so-and-so mentioned you in their story and then usually you know you would go and say thanks and that's just a great sneaky way of starting a conversation with someone you've been wanting to connect with yes i love that and that is actually something that i teach in pitch perfect pro is to okay. use insta stories that way to start that conversation with brands because it does it's a sneaky yeah. kind of way to get into their inbox and be able to have a conversation about getting that little magic ticket. So totally. I love that. Um, Ange said, what well, is an easy way to get star started with Insta stories? Well, I, so I use Insta stories for probably three different things. So I use it to share some love. So if you actually want to check out my Instagram stories from today, I just shared three new accounts that I've connected with and I just gave them a little shout out. Then I use it to just share about what I'm doing throughout the day. So I, earlier I went and had a coffee at my favorite coffee shop. I took some pictures there and shared that. I'm always using, well, not always, but I try and use the Instagram story poll feature as often as I can. So maybe, you know, once a day or every other day, just to get people to engage with me again. And if someone engages with your Instagram story, that again influences the algorithm. So then next time you post, it will appear higher up in their feed. And then the third thing I use InstaStory for is for promoting what's going on in my business. Right. A great app actually is called Cut Story. So you could basically take a video and then upload it to Cut Story and it will cut it into 15 second videos. And then you can just go and upload them to your Instagram story. So you're not, you know, taking a story, a 15 second video, and then you have to stop and take another one and it kind of pauses your flow. Okay, so it's an actual app for your phone called Cut Stories? Yep, Cut Stories. Okay, Cut 
cut story. Okay, perfect. Because I know that that was actually a conversation. That was a question that had been asked. Okay, and that's what it looks like. Perfect. Because I know that there are a couple of us that will do like, I know Rita has done like organizing in her house. And it's hard because you're like trying yeah. to watch it to time it. But being able to do it that way was so smart. And I've noticed that those transitions don't seem as awkward. So that must be what they're using. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, and the other thing that I wanted to mention is, and you are a Mastering Your Influence member, and you know that I am very basic when it comes to Instagram, because I have learned the majority of everything that I know from Carla, as far as understanding how to use my feet. But there is an entire, um, there is an entire module inside Mastering Your Influence on Instagram stories, and it walks you through the basics of using it. So if you're looking for simple ideas, ways to start incorporating it, there is six different trainings inside one module just on Instagram stories. And you have access to that because you're a membership site user. So go do that. <laughs> um, and the other question she's asking is, what's an ideal time for an Insta story, do you think? Well, Insta stories stay up for 24 hours. So I usually get people just tuning in, you know, throughout the day. I don't think there is an ideal time knowing that it's going to stay up for 24 hours. You just keep that in mind and you have people watching, you know, at different times of the day. So not everyone is on their Insta stories at a certain moment in time. I'm, it's pretty much like Insta stories really is pretty much the only thing about Instagram that's still instant. So if I'm at a coffee shop, then I would share an Insta story while I'm there or just, you know, after I've left, maybe if I don't have Wi-Fi. So right. it's really about real time, what's going on in your day. There's no perfect time. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, and I think too, like that's going to be so hard for you to think about because you're always in different times. So. <laughs> so half the time you're sleeping and I'm just waking up. Um, so that's a good so point, actually. If you know that your followers are, and that's pretty much goes for posting as well. If you know that your followers are in a certain time zone, you want to be posting when they're awake and when they're active on Instagram. For me, my audience is mainly between the US and Europe. So I try and post when both of these ideal followers are awake and can engage with my content. Um, and Anne just saying that she meant length of Insta stories. So in other words, Kira, oh. and I think she knows, and I have like a pet peeve too that when it comes to Insta stories. So I have a really hard time and I try not to do it. And sometimes I fall into this bad habit of doing like where I'm talking for like seven frames of Insta right. Because I get bored watching that. Um, although I can say that Rita is very good at it. I've watched, a, I, and I messaged her about it. I'm like, normally I can't sit for when people just talk through six um, frames of Insta stories, but she was engaging. So yep. would you say that there's a certain number of frames to have in an Insta story when it's just you like on screen right. talking? So it definitely depends. When I'm promoting something, I would also have, four or five or six different frames, but I don't do that every single day. So I think with Insta stories, some people definitely overdo it. When I get to someone's story and I see that little bar, like being really, really tiny, I'm all like, I'm out. It's like too much information. So I think create content the way you would want to receive it. So I generally post about five to 10 stories throughout the day. Some days there might be more if I have something specific that I'm promoting. But apart from that, you know, it's 
people are using Insta stories kind of like watching TV. So they're just flicking through. And when it's just an image, then they just click to the next. They check it out. Okay, next, next, next. When you're talking, definitely also use little headlines to just get people's attention or use the sound on sticker. Gif, yeah, sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I do when I want really want people to tune in and to listen to my Instagram stories. I make sure they know, okay, this is what I'm talking about just by adding a few words and titling yeah. my... Yes. And I think too, if you're doing a rant on Insta stories, I wouldn't do it. I did. That's just me personally. Cause I know that like when I, I'm skipping, I'm skipping yep. through it and I'm just skipping through. Um, but if you can make it so that I can tell you're changing up frames, or you're like in a different kind of spot and like, maybe you're showing me something and telling me something and teaching me something, then I can handle it. But if it's you talking through eight frames, I get bored. Like I just right. can't. So something to keep in mind. On your followers and on your audience and on the message you're sharing. I know one of my friends, she definitely shares a lot in her Instagram stories. It's almost like a vlog, like a mini vlog. But yes, she's so inspiring. And even though she's not necessarily teaching something, I'm like mesmerized by her posts. So even though I'm not even her ideal follower, I just love listening to what she has to share. And so I do listen to it. So be interesting. <laughs> Make sure you're talking about stuff that your audience is interested in. Yeah. And you can look at your analytics to determine your totally. insights, to determine if people are swiping past. Like you can tell if they're swiping through it or if they're actually sitting through everything that you're doing to kind of get a feel for, okay, what is the patience level of my yeah. audience? Um, and oh, Renee is asking the difference between live and stories. So I thought they were same. No. Okay. So Instagram stories are really just frames of 15 seconds. So you can create multiple 15 second stories. And when you're going live, it's basically what we're doing here. So you can go live for up to an hour and you have people engaging with you, sharing comments, tuning into your lives. So a live is really a great platform or a great way of teaching something, whether that's a webinar or whether that's just a training or maybe you're just filming yourself and sharing live the process of one of the dishes you're creating that's that's yeah. what a life is it's an ongoing life you have to actually like when you go in if you go into it the same way to get to insta stories and live you go into it the same way but you would see down at the bottom that it'll say like different things and you have to swipe normally to get to live and you'll right. see you go live and you can be live as long as you want you don't have to hold down the actual right. little video thing when you're in insta stories you have to hold down the video unless you hit swipe it to hands free um and you get only 15 15 seconds in yeah. order to record yourself um oh lynn is asking the instagrammer that you were just talking about that's really inspiring can you share who that is yeah so her account is own it babe i don't know if i can type in here if that's wait not in this platform wait so it's own like o-w-n-i-t-b-a-b-e yeah Okay, perfect. I'm sure yeah. Morgan's probably still here getting ready to put it in there quick for me. Definitely. Uh, oh, Morgan is amazing. Um, <laughs> check her out. She's amazing. She talks a lot about eating disorder recovery and her captions are so inspiring. So she is someone I look up to when it comes to 
caption creation. She's great. Perfect. All right. So um, we have answered pretty much all of the questions. Tell everyone a little bit about your course. It, and I can tell you guys, like I talk about Carla's course. When I talk Instagram, I talk Carla because I took Carla's course and it changed the way that I do things. It was noticeable to the point where I had Brooke Lark, who is a food blogger we all probably are aware of, um, reached out to me and was like, what happened to your Instagram? It's perfect now. Oh my and God. she could tell the difference. Um, so tell us a little bit about your Instagram. I am also offering an incentive for anyone that purchases, but go ahead. Tell us about your course. Thank you so much. So basically what I believe in order to be successful on Instagram, you really need four things. You need a visual strategy because it's a visual platform. So the content you share has to be beautiful and you don't have to be a photographer in order to succeed. Like I'm not, you need to know like with anything online who your audience is what kind of content they want to see and you need to be creating content for your ideal follower and then you need a content strategy so how are you creating value through your posts why should anyone follow you is it because you're sharing beautiful content is it because you're creating inspiring captions whatever the value is you're bringing to your audience you want to create a strategy around that and then fourthly you obviously need to know the growth strategies to actively growing your account. But you pretty much need to have, you need to know who your audience is. You need to know what they want to see. You need a visual strategy and the content strategy before you can even implement the growth strategies. Because otherwise, you know, you can follow a thousand people, but if your feed is a mess and if there's no value in the content you're sharing, no one is going to follow you back. So you kind of need these initial pieces in place and then you can actively grow that following so the course really goes into detail in all of these topics so it starts by identifying who your ideal follower is how you can find them and locate them on the instagram app how to create the perfect profile and the perfect bio so you're turning more visitors into followers it goes deep into hashtags so today was definitely um, a little intense intensive hashtag session but it's you know <laughs> walks you through step by step how to create these hashtag sets how to implement this hashtag strategy we're also talking about how to use instagram shout out contests to grow your following how to use giveaways um what else all the different growth Why? strategies <laughs> So as far as the growth strategies and things like that, I have to say that the one thing that I absolutely loved is there's none of that spammy unfollow, unfollow. Carla does not believe in that. Um, so her strategies when she's talking about a giveaway, like it's like authentic, like it's not just a strategy to grow those numbers, which you all know I hate. Um, mm -hmm. so the way that she's using a giveaway is very specific. Um, it is none of that spammy kind of stuff. So yeah. I definitely believe in creating authentic relationships and authentic connections. The, the fourth module touches on working with brands. You're definitely the specialist there, but I know a lot of people, as a lot of my students, as they're growing, they suddenly get contacted by brands and they have no idea how to reply, how much their posts are worth. So I wanted to include that just to give you an idea of what to do mm -hmm. as you're getting approached by brands but I've built my business on Instagram it's 
even though they've had all these algorithm changes, I get people contacting me every single week asking me to work with me to buy my courses without me actively pitching myself. And it's really because of these relationships that I've built. No, absolutely. It not only works really well for working with brands, which obviously a lot of my audience is that's how they know me. They know me for being able to pitch brand. Um, but it also does work really well for having a product. It's part of what I teach to have in your lead magnet is using Instagram because you are able to build your brand, which I never thought I would ever <laughs> say in my entire life. In six years ago. So um, if you do decide to purchase, you'll see that up top in the description here on Facebook is my affiliate link. If you do purchase through my affiliate link, I am throwing in a hundred dollars off to either Pitch Perfect Pro if you've never purchased Pitch Perfect Pro before, or I am also throwing a hundred dollars off to Launch Pro. Either one of my courses. Um, and I know Carly, you had said you were gonna you offer bonuses too. Yeah. Right? So okay. I wanted to throw in my Instagram Masterclass collection, which is basically a collection of my most recent and my best live trainings to really keep you up to date with everything that's happening on Instagram. And then also my food styling and photography crash course that I've created together with a photographer, food photographer to help you. I know a lot of your audience are foodies and food bloggers. So it's really the best combination is getting your photography skills up, getting your Instagram skills up and then pitching your brands. <laughs> Yes. No, absolutely. So Rose, I definitely want to address this question that you're asking. Um, so you said, I feel like Instagram users are more content creators than potential customers. Thoughts? I, I love you. I have to disagree entirely. Um, I cannot tell you the difference that I see. I've worked with a lot of local businesses here now in Charlotte to use Instagram because they're able to use those hashtags and find the people that are using those hashtags. So it's a PTA mom that is on Instagram. Like I know my sister-in-law, like, yes, she understands social media because she's got me in her life, obviously. And mm -hmm. I drive her crazy with, about it all, but she's using Instagram constantly. Um, and I think that there's, everyone is on it. Like even my mom is now on Instagram, <laughs> which seems crazy, but she's on it because she wants to see the Insta stories that I'm creating, you know, about my kids. So it's, I think it's definitely starting to change that. Yes, there are definitely a bunch of creators that are on there, but millennials are all over it. We mm. all know that Morgan is like a huge believer in Instagram. She is part of the reason that I took Carla's course because she was like, you need to stop telling everyone you don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> so I really, really cannot... I, I do have, I believe that it is more than just creators. I think that it's a lot of just normal everyday people that could be possible clients, especially as like someone that has services or like health coach. Um, absolutely. You could yeah. find your clients there. So it really depends. Like you really need to get to know your ideal follower and find out, okay, who is your ideal follower equals your ideal client. How can you find them on Instagram? And then how can you connect with them? So you know, my ideal clients are content creators. They're food bloggers. They are food photographers, but they're still buying my, my offers because I'm helping them improve their business, grow their business. So I'm not sure what Rose. Rose does. is um, more like health coach line. Health coach. So yeah. She's more of a health coach. I work with a lot of registered dietitians who use Instagram just to 
grow their no like and trust factor, to get in front of their ideal clients and to spark up these conversations to build their expert status and then throw in an offer every now and again, grow their email list. Um, so definitely, I think it can work for all niches. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you said growing your email list because honestly, like I just had, we did launch pro and I did a coaching program with three for three months. Um, and I had a health coach that was part of that. And one of the things that we were pushing was her to start using Insta stories and have it on her lead magnet to tag her on Insta stories, uh, so that she can teach her audience how to interact with her. And she actually did get a client on Instagram. So it definitely can make a huge difference. Um, Morgan is saying, let's see, Morgan said, check your hashtags. I find that I need to check my hashtags and make sure that people using them just aren't just creators. I like to see a few normal people using them as well. I love that. So this is a great uh, comment, Morgan. And I definitely agree. So the hashtags I'm using are very much food related, right? Whenever I use hashtags like Instagram tips or online business or women in business, what I'm attracting is my competition. So you definitely want to, as you're creating these hashtag sets, as you're finding hashtags, put yourself in the shoes of your ideal follower and really think about what hashtags are they using. So if you're a health coach, don't use necessarily all hashtags that are health coach related because you'll be attracting other health health coaches. I know a lot of my RDs struggle with that. And it's really about, okay, is your ideal follower a new mom? Then she's probably using the hashtag mommy life or mommy blogger or something like that. So really try and be a little bit more creative and really think of the, think of hashtags and think of just put yourself in the shoes of your ideal follower (laughs) and get out of your own head and into theirs. And I think that that can sometimes be hard because I remember going and looking at like other business blogger coaches like myself in that niche for like, um, I looked at Zach Buckler and I looked at a couple other ones and I felt like those are the business hashtags. I'm only going to attract them. So I love the way that you said, like get into their mindset and think about like, what hashtags are they using? Are they a PTA mom? Mm-hmm. Are they going to the gym every once in a while? So maybe using a gym hashtag yeah. um, or fitness or busy mom life or something like that. I love that. Yeah. I can oh, see the comments now. Morgan is you can can you see Morgan's? Yeah, and that's so smart. So definitely have a look at your ideal followers' posts and check out what hashtags they're using. If you have a friend who is your ideal client or ideal follower, definitely ask them. So brilliant idea. Yes, so smart. And goes back to that avatar, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Carla, thank you so much for taking the time to drop in and to answer all these questions that we have, because I know that there's so much. You are just a wealth of information. Um, I know that if there's anyone that's watching the replay or the podcast, you can always continue to ask questions. The video is actually linked right in the podcast show notes so that you can continue to ask conversations. And if you tag Carla, she will pop over and answer it, or I will pop in myself and try to answer it as best I can and probably tag Carla if I need help. So I appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk with us all. Um, And I will see all of you guys later on in the week, I'm sure. Uh, Thanks thanks so much. much. Thanks, everyone.
Well, there you have it, guys. You can clearly tell that Carla knows what she is talking about. Not only were we able to get a little tutorial right there while you were listening, I'm hoping that you weren't driving and that you do take the time to go back and listen to the tutorial that she gave on finding those hashtags because I'm telling you, It was a mindset shift once again for me. So if you are looking to take your Instagram to the next level, make sure that you take advantage of her course that she is offering with all of the bonuses that she is offering, as well as the $100 off that I am offering to either Pitch Perfect Pro or Launch Pro. As always, I want to see you guys interacting and and listening to the podcast. I know people say to me, what do you mean you want to see me listening to the podcast? How am I supposed to do that? just take a screenshot. If you are on your mobile device listening to the podcast, just take a screenshot and upload it to your Insta stories. Tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose. I love being able to see that you're listening to the podcast, applying these and how you're actually listening. Many of my listeners will listen while they are working out or driving or doing whatever it is that they need to do. So when you are in a safe spot, not lifting weights or driving, please take a screenshot and upload it to Instagram. Plus, anytime you are doing, putting in the work that we are talking about and you put a post maybe up on Instagram in a picture, use the hashtag influencer entrepreneurs. I am constantly looking to see how you are taking your business to the next level. So be sure to use that hashtag. I appreciate you guys all so much. Thank you all for taking the time for leaving a review on iTunes. It helps to be able to help other people find my podcast and be able to teach them. That is honestly what I am here for. I want to be able to teach those that are struggling, that feel the overwhelm by all those things that we need to get done. So I love it when you guys leave a review if you haven't already. And please feel free to share the podcast episode with a friend. I am looking to continue to grow and be able to find more people that need that help. And the only way I can find them is with your guys' help. So I really would appreciate if you would share the podcast episode with, you know, with someone who maybe be struggling. Maybe it's with Instagram. Maybe it's with pitching, whatever it might be, whatever podcast episode kind of hits home with you, share it. I appreciate y'all so much. All right. Until next time, I'll see y'all then.